Ola Conquer Nation. Thanks for tuning in this week. We have our first special guest and interview, more like a conversation kind of situation going on. So thank you so much for tuning in. I think you guys are going to love this one. Uh, Kristen Wade is an incredible endurance athlete. Al, her husband, chimes in as well to give us some really good tips on training and how to train for mountain biking and Xterra races. Uh, they are an absolute power couple when it comes to endurance sports. So thank you so much for tuning in. I think you're going to like it. We have a lot of great special guests coming up. Uh, this is the first of many. Uh, don't forget to uh, look at the show notes and uh, check out and Kristen out uh, Braveheart Chicago. They're on Facebook. Uh, I know they have a website and Kristen has a great blog to get some good information. So check them out. Hope you enjoy this episode and uh, give me some feedback at Conquer. Uh, training uh, either on Facebook or Instagram, or you can send me a direct message at ryan at conquertraining.com. Thanks for tuning in. Hello. Kristen, what's up? It's Ryan. Hey. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Did you get your workout done this morning? I did. I went for a mountain bike ride with my friend Rainier. Nice. Fun. Yeah, Rainier, so that's fun. a perfect mountain bike name. Right? <laughs> I know. Nice. Crazy. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, um, I have, like, just a list of, like, kind of topics, and, I mean, wherever we go is where we go, and um, okay. we'll plan on, you know, 30 minutes if it's a little bit shorter or longer or whatever. Like, we'll just kind of see where we end up. Sounds good. Is that cool? Yeah, sounds awesome. All right, so we'll just get started. So, and then I'll edit all this stuff down. And um, so, I'm either going to get the episode out tomorrow, or Monday, or Thursday. So, okay. um, yeah, and I'll let you know whenever I'm going to get it put up there. So, okay. uh, so no, first thing, um, I want to get a little bit of background on how in the world you became a firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> That's the the most okay. random thing because I met you guys. I guess it's been two or three years ago at an Xterra, yeah. and I, I never saw a firefighter coming. No, no, no. What did you um, I don't really know, actually. I saw, like, definitely something in the endurance world more. I definitely saw the coaching. I could see that coming, but I could see something like um, owning, like, maybe part of a bike shop or something in that realm, mm-hmm. not a firefighter. No. Well, it's funny you say owning a bike shop because my husband actually used to own a bike shop. So, and that's something on the road. We've talked about that before. I don't know if we'll get back into it ever, but I could see ourselves doing that. That would be fun. But as far as firefighter goes, I actually used to be a reporter for a newspaper. Okay. (laughs) I know. Did you see that coming? (laughs) No, those are two like totally opposite random (laughs) avenues. Yeah. Well, I have a a degree in English and I... um, I went to school in Durango, Colorado, mm-hmm. and I, I got my degree there, and I graduated, and I moved out here to Chicago because I thought the newspaper industry would be, um, <clears throat> there would be more opportunity out here. So right. it was. I got a job doing that, and I did that for a few years, and I really didn't like it because I covered, you know, city government and things like that, and I, mm. just, I, I do love writing. I just do not love writing about that. <laughs> so... I um, I was looking for something different, and I actually went on. Remember those old internet search engines? And do you remember those, like what? Monster? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't even know if those are around anymore, but I went on one of those, and it was called AdventureJobs.com. 
And I was nice. right. I know, it's so stupid. <laughs> but I was looking for something adventurous, you know, that I could do day in and day out for the rest of my life and not get bored. And firefighter popped up, and I was, I just kind of, I don't know, I, I it just kind of like jived with me. So I, I started down that path and it was a, I got on a, a department. It's actually where I met my husband. I got on a department part-time and, um, and then I, you know, I went to paramedic school, you know, I had gone to the fire Academy and eventually I ended up getting a, a career position at the department I'm on now. And I've been there for 12 years. Wow. So I've been in fire service for almost 15 total, but, um, cause it took a while to get a full-time job, but right. I finally got one. So, so I've been doing that for, that's like the longest job I've ever held down. <laughs> so, or do you guys still work together or is he at a different, uh, no, precinct? he's actually, he's in a totally different town. Okay. Um, but he works for a department called St. Charles and I work for Sugar Grove. So they're, uh, they're like maybe 15, 20 miles from each other. Okay. How how so, big of a town is that? So Sugar Grove's maybe 10,000 or so. It but it's kind of a bedroom community. So gotcha. we're we're um we're bigger at night than we are during the day. Gotcha. Gotcha. So and the other things for everybody that's going to listen to this, they can go to um your Facebook or uh Braveheart Chicago, I think is maybe your Facebook page, your coaching page and all that stuff, and they're going to see this girl covered in tattoos. <laughs> so, yeah. and your husband he's covered in tattoos which yep. uh whenever i met you guys so that was the first xterra i ever did it was a couple years ago in arkansas yeah and um whenever i saw you guys i was like okay yeah because i have some tattoos but I, you guys have a lot and i was like this is my vibe i'm 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 kind of need to take a break from the you know the compression gear and the heart rate monitors and the everybody's really skinny yeah it, like Iron Man world, and yeah. when I got into the trees and I saw people like drink beer and have tattoos, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm at home. Like this is where I belong. Yeah. So, yeah. So how in the how in the world did you get down that path of just going like you got full sleeves and everything? Oh well, that's my husband. You can blame him on that. <laughs> okay. So I had, when I met him, I had two tattoos. Like I was at the point where you could still count how many you had. I mm-hmm. think at this point. Both of us kind of laugh about it. We say, well, we've got one because we're not really sure how many we have. <laughs> one big one. Yeah. So yeah. is there still is it still work in progress? Yeah, totally work in progress. Actually, we we call it from October to about January. We call <laughs> it tattoo season. Uh-huh. So because we're not really in the pool much, and yep. um, that's when we go get more stuff. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's, that was going to be my next question because as an endurance athlete, or especially triathlete, you have to work around your season and your races to get your tattoos. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, you're like, man, I, I wanted to get this and this and this, but like, I mean, you only got so much time to get it crammed in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, because yeah. you can't get in the water. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's. I just wanted to get this. So, man, you've racked up the tattoos quickly then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've been We've been married for it'll be twelve years in September. So okay. I, yeah, I mean, you know, what, you get you get quite a bit of work done from October to January. <laughs> you just dedicate yourself. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like yeah. your sport. <laughs> that's right. See, I call that time of year. That's my beer and ice cream season. <laughs> so that's whenever I go off the rails when it comes to like, yeah, I don't care if I'm drinking beer um, or if I'm having ice cream like. 
five days a week, like we're just going to go all in at this point. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I call that beer and ice cream. A lot of people call it off season. No, I, I like the tattoo or beer and ice cream season better. Yeah. So so you did you do endurance sports and stuff before you met your husband? Uh, I mean, I had run a couple half marathons, but that okay. was it. I actually played soccer. Um, I played okay. collegiate soccer, um, and then I was playing on a women's league once I graduated. But I was kind of looking for something, and mm-hmm. I didn't really know what. And um, I had done an adventure race with my mm. uncle, and I talked Al into doing that with me. So one year, and then from there, I know he had always wanted to do an Ironman. So in in May of 2010, I did my very first triathlon. It was called the Galena Triathlon. It was a sprint distance. But I needed to do that because we had signed up to do an Ironman in August of that year. And I so, <laughs> so I did my first Ironman a couple months later. Yeah, just all in right from the start. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, well, since you coach people, like, I get people that question all the time. People are like, oh, hey, I've never done a race before in my life. I've done a couple of 5Ks. I signed up for an Ironman. What's your initial reaction when someone tells you that? Um. That is not um, good. That is not something I would recommend to anyone else to do because it was it was there was a big learning curve at least for me on on triathlon in general and I think that's one reason why Al and I got into coaching so we could kind of navigate the waters for people and mm-hmm. and help them get you know reach their goals because there's just so much to learn especially when you're new to the sport and I didn't yeah. have that guidance. Yeah, and that's the same thing I did. I I jumped in my first year. I was like, oh, I I mean, it was my first run of anything really was I did a 5K with the plans of a marathon, you know, in at the end of that whole thing. And then I got done with that and I was like, oh, I need to do a triathlon. So I did a Olympic right out of the gate. And then like two weeks later, I did a half, a 70.3. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, man, if I would have waited like another year, that would have been a whole lot better. Cause yeah, you would have been more prepared. You yeah. Know? Yeah, because yeah. people just think, well, you're not a triathlete if you don't do an Ironman. Right. So I have to do that, or it doesn't count. Right, or you're not a triathlete if you've never done Kona. <laughs> right. Yeah, and so how many fulls have you done? Three. Three, yeah. okay. Yeah, I did Kentucky, was or Louisville was my first one, and then I did Florida, and then Chattanooga. Mm. And I was actually signed up to do Louisville again because I thought maybe I could qualify for Kona. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty close. I was pretty close in Chattanooga, and uh, then I ended up having some medical issues in January of that year. And I um, I came back, and actually that was the year I met you. I came. Okay. We went down to um, Arkansas and mm-hmm. then Alabama, and I ended up qualifying for Maui. And I said Maui sounds like more fun than. <laughs> Another Ironman. Yeah, no doubt. So you've always been pretty competitive, um, you know, from the start for the most part. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And so what I read, your you had an article on XterraPlanet.com um, that I read. I saw that you guys had posted that. That was a while back. Um, that he's the one that got you into mountain biking. Oh, yeah. I hated mountain biking. Like. <laughs> Like, I grew up, so the funny thing is, so I grew up in Colorado, and I played soccer where you need flat real estate, right? Right. And I move out here, and I mountain bike, and there are no hills. Yeah, you missed you missed all the fun stuff when you were in Colorado. I messed up, I messed up. yeah. No but, kidding. I mean, better late than ever. So, yeah, Al got me into mountain biking, and but it wasn't like an overnight thing. We right. We went out mountain biking, 
and there was a lot of crying and walking, <laughs> throwing my bike, and swearing at him. And hey, I, Ryan? Oh, yeah. I'm here. Hey, Al. I'm here. Um, let me clarify. I'm playing my bike. <laughs> He's making that up. He shouldn't even be talking. Anyway, so I, I didn't have a good time with that. Um, right. I lost my train of thought because he interrupted me. <laughs> well, but anyway, you, it was just it, it miserable was to start years. with. Yeah, I was miserable. And it was a few years before I actually got up the nerve to get back on again. Okay. So, but she so, rallied and there's kicking butt right now. Well, since since I have both of you here, and you both are um, experienced Xterra athletes and mountain bikers, um, when I have, because so now I, I'm a part of our, our team here, it's called Divide and Conquer, They're, but we're like an endurance group, so some people do mountain bikes, some are ultra runners, some do whatever, um, but since uh, some of us are kind of getting out of just the traditional road world and adventuring into other things. And Xterra seems to be where people are just like kind of wanting to migrate to or doing the local mountain bike series. And um, that, that goes on around here, which is getting stronger and stronger. And everybody's number one thing that they ask me is what are one or two, three skills that I need to practice and learn like from the beginning? What would you guys say would be like the, the top two or three tips that a, especially a triathlete who is not known for their bike handling skills, jumping into the trail, what should they practice early on? Uh, on the bike? Yep. First and foremost, reading lines. You have to look uh, 20 feet ahead of you. You have to know where you're going to go. And you have to be flexible because sometimes you don't always get to go where you want to go. But, um, but knowing, looking at the trail and reading the trail ahead of time. Okay. That's absolutely number one. Can I add one? Number yeah, please do. Uh, momentum. And that was probably a hard thing for me to learn, but speed will carry you through most things. The slower you go, often you find yourself really shaky and not steady. So if you can carry a little speed through turns, if you can carry a little speed over obstacles, you're going to be better off. And then I would go with the third, which builds on what she is saying, as uh, staying off of the brakes on the turns. If you can okay. carry, maybe break a little early going into the turn, but not totally rely on your brakes through a tight turn, because every time you hit your brakes too hard, you have to accelerate harder to come out of it. Okay. Is there any skills that you would say for them to practice um, off the trail? So uh, the one thing that I found, uh, one of my really good uh, mountain bike buddies had told me, He's like, man, you've got to learn how to track stand. Like, you don't have to be good at it. You just need to be, like, decent at it. And so I'm like, well, I'm a triathlete. I've never had to do that in my life. So I just got out in the backyard and got on the mountain bike with some tennis shoes and practiced. And I still, I mean, in a cyclist terms, I still suck at it, but I'm significantly better than I was. Um, is there any skills like that that you would tell somebody to practice? I would tell the number one thing I would tell people is to maybe, like, start in a parking lot and riding over – Parking curbs. Mm. And okay. sidewalks, being able to do that. Because in, in, in every race, you're going to have, like, a log pile of tree roots or something that you have to ride over. If you can't navigate that, you're going to kill your time. Mm. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Because that's what everybody asks me. They're like, hey, I just want to get into this, but I went to the trail and, you know, like, my skill set doesn't equal my endurance or my fitness. So it's like kind of boring and slow and I feel like I'm going to crash all the time. I'm like, yeah, you got to just like work on the basic things. Total roadie comment right there. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. And I, last night I had a, a, a just having a beer with a buddy of mine, and he was like, and he's really solid on the mountain bike. And I was telling him that I was like, yeah, for the longest time I just couldn't like I could ride for ever on the trail because I mean I couldn't go hard enough to do anything. It didn't matter. Like it was more of a survival and not run into stuff. And he's like, I just don't <laughs> understand that. Like I, just ride harder. And I'm like, no, if I ride harder, I shoot off the trail into trees. And he just couldn't understand how your fitness doesn't equal your handling skills. Still, well, and that's the thing that uh, it, it does become a challenge with Xterra guys, like, especially roadies that convert over to trend, uh, to Xterra. It's like, especially for us, Midwest and Eastern riding, um, there's a lot of trees that get in the way. And you, you, <laughs> you have to learn how to navigate around them. Mm-hmm. And, and some skill with that. And, uh, right. and, and it, your fitness doesn't always make you faster in this. Sometimes it's experience, and uh, it, it takes it takes a little time. You got to get out on the trails, and you have to ride the trails. And you have to ride them a lot, and and that's the only way. Typically, you're going to get faster on the bike portion of an Xterra. Mm-hmm. Okay, so picking y'all's brain since um, on on the coaching side, um, and we'll have both of you guys answer this. So. It's so different. And so let's first off start off with your coaching um, that you guys have. Is it it's, uh, is it Braveheart Chicago? Is that the name of it? Yeah. Okay. So with that, do you guys have mostly off-road athletes, or is it a little bit of a mixture of both? We we have a mixture of both. We have um, a few gravel racers right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ultra-endurance bikers. Um, uh-huh. but. Yeah, it kind of it kind of changes over the over the years. We've had, you know, I think when we carried our biggest lineup, we had it was because we were coaching Ironman triathletes. But right. I think that's kind of saturated right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people do one Ironman and they're done, and they don't, you know, that's they've met their goal and they're done with that. So, um, we have a couple Xterra and um, a couple gravel riders, endurance riders. We have a marathoner. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you guys got a good mix. So let's yeah. so people um can find information. I mean it's everywhere to do a standard sprint or Ironman plan or whatever. I mean that stuff is like you said, it's super saturated. Um when people go and I'm just saying from my own personal experience coming off the road onto the trail, it's not the same sport. A triathlon's not a triathlon because the bike fitness in my eyes was so different. And you're not because you're not steady state and you may have these little punchy climbs but then you may be downhill for you know three or four minutes where you can totally recover but that 30 second climb or five minute climb is going to just blow you through the roof especially starting because you like we talked about you're not efficient so what are some key workouts let's just start on the bike um that you could that you guys like to put with coach or with your athletes or especially new off-road athletes uh on the mountain bike um, I'll handle that one. Okay. Uh, I would say it's a ton of interval work. Um, if you've ever heard of pit training, high interval, mm-hmm. high intensity interval training, um, I think that falls right in the line. Lots of really high intensity, short, you know, two to three minute intervals, followed by a, a three minute recovery, and then you know, repeated several times because. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Um, zone, two, zone two training is out the window 
when it comes to Xterra. Mm-hmm. Because you can't you can't control it. So you have to be have to be ready to have zone four, zone five training with short recoveries and mixed up all over the place. Um, and plus a lot of hills. If especially if you're going to look to do the uh, the the champion series, uh, you know the world championships mm-hmm. and U.S. champ Pan Am champs. Any any of that is long, long sustained climbs with short breaks. So you might be, you know, I would say, in most of Terry, you're running zone four most of the race. Mm. So um, I would say that's the difference. You got you got to punch punch in tons of interval training. Gotcha. Okay. And then, Kristen, you just got back from, was it Costa Rica for a race? Yes. So how did that bike course there compare to, um, you know, your, your not not saying you're the championships like in uh, Utah or Maui, but your normal kind of series races that you do throughout the year, how did that race compare to the local ones that you go to around here? I would say there was less single track. It was it was far less technical than the huh. ones in the Midwest. Interesting. So, um, it was there was a really there was a really tough climb in the beginning. Well, let me backtrack a little bit. There was a big you had to ride on the beach in the sand, which oh. was difficult, right? And then um, then there was a really tough climb shortly after that um and then followed by a little bit of single track more sand and then we were on gravel roads for miles um which was good because you know i i ride a lot of gravel out here too but then like i said just not not a whole lot of single track out there mm-hmm. so i hmm. think the stuff in the midwest is is uh a lot more mountain bike friendly you know I, right and roots, it's twisty, it's turny, you know, you really got to work at your skills. And you guys have done quite a few Xterras all over the country, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then have both of you have done, have both of you guys done the uh, Utah National Championship? Yeah. Okay. And then both done Maui? Yeah. Yeah. So Some how does Utah compare to Maui? I think uh, Utah is more Utah's of a mountain better. biker's race. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Utah. But you have to be a climber, which mm. you have to be a climber when you come from the Midwest. Because <laughs> right. Utah, Utah is an uphill race, legitimately an uphill race, because you start at 4,500 feet. It's a point-to-point. Okay. You start at 4,500 feet, and you end up uh, somewhere around 7,000 feet. Ouch. So, um, on the bike, and then you run. But So, you know, I love to go downhill. <laughs> um, that, that, that's where I get my adrenaline rush and I, I mean I said this uh, several times that, that I think every mountain bike race should have the same amount of downhill as they have uphill and I'm not talking about distance I'm talking about time mm. so if it takes me two hours to climb I should get to go downhill for two hours <laughs> but that's probably not going to happen right but no, I would say I would say uh, Utah is definitely a more technical course. Maui's got a lot of just sandy, climbing, clay-filled trails, mm. wide-open trails. Well, 
it's it, not a technical course at all. And Ryan, it's not open. Have you done Maui yet? I haven't done Maui. Mm-mm. Okay, so it, it's not a um, it's not open year round. It's actually on private property. It's on a pineapple plantation or mm. old pineapple plantation. So they cut it in and prep it, you know, in the months up leading up to Maui, but it's not ridden the rest of the year. So it's right. not what you would expect, you know, a mountain bike course to be. So it's and, soft. And yeah. yeah. Just, you, know, you know how it is when they take something and cut it in. It's bumpy mm-hmm. and, yeah. It's just not completely twisty, turny in some spots. And some spots are just basically farmer roads. Yeah. But, uh. but you have remember where you're riding is that you're riding in Maui and that's <laughs> the pool. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest challenges about Maui is the fact that it's at the end of October. Mm-hmm. Most of us most of us have started acclimating towards winter and you you show up there and it's eighty nine degrees and ninety percent humidity and well, wow real kick in the butt. Yeah, that was two of the questions, the follow-up on both of those races that I was going to ask you was, so for Maui, how do you guys, coming out of um, Chicago in October, how do you guys prepare to the heat? Do you do anything different in your workouts? And then in Utah, do you guys do anything different, um, or even with your athletes that are going to a race that's at altitude? Because 7,000 feet, I mean, things start changing at that point. So so there's like two schools of thought when you're trying to acclimate to elevation. And, and, and the one is you get out there three to four weeks early so you can start mm-hmm. acclimating. But that's not really realistic if right. you work. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you have a normal job. The, the other school of thought is you get out there as close as possible to your event so you don't have time to start acclimating. Your body hasn't started that transition yet to make more plasma to carry the red blood cells. So you get out there, you know, like a day or two before the race and then mm-hmm. just go. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be hard regardless, but um, those are the two ways to do it. So we do the latter. Right. Um, and then as far as heat in Maui, I mean, really all you can do, I guess, is you could sit in the sauna or sit in the steam room or mm-hmm. do your best to do that. We get out to Maui, we usually get out there maybe four or five days early and then you can kind of get used to the heat that way because you don't have to contend with elevation in that in that there so yeah and, and with molly the trick bag though is because it's also a vacation you know <laughs> you don't want to get out too early and then just do all the fun crap which we've right. done <laughs> <laughs> and then you're kind of pretty much tired before you go but you also don't want to get out there too early and then do nothing right and then leave the day after the race because i mean it's a vacation mm-hmm. so, so we've tried to mix it up so we'll go like four days early say four days after it's a tough it's a tough call so because because molly molly is pretty much the end goal Getting right to molly is mostly the goal goal i mean right you, you know, and then and then after that, you have to you have to have a nice balance of fun and competitiveness. Right. So is that the goal for both of you guys this year? Is Maui? No, just me. Just you. Al's okay. been, yeah, Al's, Al's taking a break from Xterra this year. He's doing some ultra endurance gravel races. Oh, nice. You doing Dirty Kanza? Not this year. We did it last year, but he's doing one called Coast to Coast in Michigan. Okay. I haven't heard yeah. of that one. Yeah, I did my uh, first gravel. Um, let's see, it would have been this year. I can't remember when it was. It was in the spring, early spring. Um, it was a 50-miler, and it was more of just an event. It was a first-year event, 
and had mm-hmm. an absolute blast. I, I stayed with the main group for I was I had no idea what to expect. And these guys, I mean, you know, we got we have a couple here that are really legit guys. So I knew it was just a matter of when they wanted to take off. So I hung <laughs> with the first group for like oh fifteen miles, and then whenever we hit a crosswind and they just blew it up, I was like. I have no idea where I'm at and I have no idea how to get back. So (laughs) it was everything I could do to try to ride hard to find someone or keep people on my sites. And then I finally met up with some buddies and then I had the best time ever. Um, But man, it was so much fun. And then uh, a couple of weeks back, I did the land run, which I don't know if you guys have heard of that. In Oklahoma? Yeah. Yeah. So I I just did the 50. Me and my brother did the 50. um, And we just totally cruise we stopped at the halfway point and ate cookies and bs and stopped and took pictures of people you know buddies as they rode by or whatever i mean we had the best time we got lost and rode on a highway for a while i mean it was so much fun and so i think we're doing one in the middle of next month there's a another one over in eastern oklahoma that we're going to go do um but yeah i've totally fell in love with the gravel scene yeah i love it um actually if you ever get the chance to get into Kansas, which it's really difficult to get into. Right. It is an amazing experience. Uh, Emporia really embraces the whole thing. Uh, you would never believe how hilly Kansas can be. Mm-hmm. Um, bring lots of tubes. <laughs> it's the Flint Hills, and so basically the gravel you're riding on is is the stuff they make made uh, out of. Um, it's just sharp and jagged. It's, it's just but it's an awesome experience. But you will go 40 miles without seeing a house. Oh, that's and, and scary. So you, the yeah. hardest part about Kanza is is the logistics of keeping yourself hydrated and um, nourished. Well, um, and and I the, saw that you guys just did a try to do a tandem gravel ride. <laughs> How bad of an idea is that? It wasn't a gravel ride. It was a mountain bike race. Oh, it's even worse. Yeah, we went down to Austin, Texas. Uh-huh. Um, right after I got back from Costa Rica, and we were going to do the Austin Rattler. Uh-huh. It, was, it was 100K, so it was a three three 20-mile loop. It's a Leadville qualifier. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yep, that's right. So we're like, oh, we could do that. We're pretty decent mountain bikers, so <laughs> put us together, and we'll probably be like, you know, Decent, I still really say decent. we kicked ass on the, the technical stuff. Yeah. Right. Your eyes were closed. Yeah, I closed my eyes a lot. But I don't really <laughs> have to open my eyes. You have to pedal when you set the pedal. And, you know. But so we, we, uh, we actually ended up with a DNF because our chain broke 20 or 18 it miles broke in or so. It broke oh. twice. We fixed it once and then it snapped again. So oh, that we were, sucks. It, it, it went, to our defense, they did have seven inches of rain within 24 hours, two days before the race. Oh, man. So, uh, I mean, all our shit was just gunked up. <laughs> yeah, that's brutal, especially down there, too. It's not like it's just normal dirt. It's kind of sandy, yeah. clayish kind of stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I at the at the land run, I had a good buddy who did the um, – him and another guy did the tandem and they won the tandem and I was talking to him. He was the, on the front. I was like, dude, how was that? He's like, you know, I have never been more sore and exhausted in all my life as wrestling that bike for six and a half hours or six hours, whatever it took him to finish. Even, even the short part we did, my, I, my traps and uh, my <laughs> biceps and my shoulders were just beat up. 
that's what he said. He said it was, he's like, man, I didn't even take that into, and this dude rode, um, ride the divide. Was it, I think it was last year. Um, this he did day? that. Yeah, he did that. And he was like, man, I have never hurt so bad as I did in that oh, six hours. That was Bailey. We know him and he just moved down there from here, from mm. Illinois. Moved nice. Yeah, yeah, you moved to Oklahoma. Yeah, you guys need to come down and do the land run. You're more than welcome to stay at our house. We're about 45 minutes away from it, so you get up that morning and drive up. It's not a big deal, but, yeah, you guys would love that event. We're going to take you up on that. Absolutely. Come on down. We got – you guys can cuddle up with our dogs, and we can go ride some gravel around here. Awesome. Yeah, you guys would love it. Um, Well, okay, so one of the things I was going to ask you about was crazy races, but I think you guys kind of covered it with doing a tandem mountain bike race. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a terrible idea. But I wanted to add one last thing I wanted to get in with you guys was your coaching stuff. So you guys um, do Braveheart. How in the world did you guys get hooked up with that? So do you know who Liz Gruber is? Um, I don't think so. Well, she, she – so we knew Liz way back when when we used to race with Wadi Inc. Okay. Um, when they first started out. And Liz um, – then was coached by Leslie because mm-hmm. she wanted to go pro. I think Liz is a pro now. And um, so Liz told Leslie about Al and I. And so Leslie contacted us, and, and, and she actually took both Al and I on as athletes. And then her and Simon invited us out for a camp a few years back and in San Diego, and we stayed with them. And then they asked us to come on board with them and be part of their coaching lineup. So, That's awesome. So were you guys coaching before you got hooked up with them? Yeah, we actually okay. uh, coached our company or our business um, was called the Midwest Misfit. Um, <laughs> nice. We still have a running club that goes by the same name, but um, but we've all we did was change our name. You know, okay. our coach. We're just under a different banner now. Right. Yeah. That's, that's gotta have been a great experience getting to uh, work with them. And cause I, I, I always hear them randomly on different podcasts and stuff like that. And they all, they're in his books. And I mean, the knowledge that they have yeah. with the covering both sides of the mental and the physical is amazing. Yeah. And Leslie, are, Leslie and Cy are just fantastic. I mean, you can't ask for better advice from anybody. Um, and Cy's mental aspect is just, um, if if anybody's never read it, you got it. You got to read his book. His, his stuff is top notch, and he can speak to the heart of the most basic person. He's ne- he never overspeaks, and he just if you're sensitive to swear words, you might want to. Be- <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of books, um, doesn't someone in on this conversation a, a published author, I believe, uh, yeah. about spectating? Uh-huh. I wrote a book a few years back on triathlon spectating. You can find it on Amazon. It's just the Ben Green yeah. Website. Or or yeah, Endurance Planet by Tony uh-huh. Prezak. She's uh-huh. on there. Ben Greenfield has it on his. You can download it on your you know your tablet or what have you. Or so you what it. is your top tip for someone going? Because the reason I'm asking is because I'm doing an episode with my wife. Because whenever I kind of got this thing rolling, she's like, "Well, I want to be on it." And I'm like, "Well, what what do you want to talk about?" And she's like, "Yeah." I don't know. She goes, what it's like to be married to an endurance athlete. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's good. Uh-huh. I like that topic. <laughs> I think, well, and, and you know what? You should you should have her read that book, my book. I mean, that's who it's geared towards, the the family members of an endurance athlete, you know. Mm-hmm. Because it's a lonely world. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they ask really inappropriate questions, I think, at inappropriate times. <laughs> and, but, you know, you're you're kind of a diva when you're a, a Ironman athlete or endurance athlete, especially right. when you're up to your big competition. And, and I think that I tried to highlight that in a couple of the chapters, that you just have to be patient. We're not all a bunch of assholes, but around, <laughs> right. that, time, around that time we are, you know. I would say, <laughs> if, you, if you were to ask me the one tip that I got out of her book that says the number one thing not to ask your athlete is when do you think you'll be done oh yeah true story (laughs) and never say the words you're almost there oh yeah i I do talk about that and i actually wrote a chapter for my dad too because he's always really concerned about where he's going to go to the bathroom so (laughs) i wrote wrote a chapter on bathroom. good it sounds like you covered it all now i gotta check it out yeah, if you're, if you're, well, I won't give it all away, but <laughs> if you're a spectator, there are two places you probably shouldn't use the bathroom. One's the starting line and one's the finish line. <laughs> you should probably find somewhere else to go. It's worth holding it and finding it. See, it's, yeah. it will, yeah, because if yeah. we could, we would too. Uh huh. It's, yeah. it's not worth yeah. going in there. And so where can people um, look you guys up? Because I want def- people definitely get plugged in with you guys or follow along with what you're doing. Um, if you know, outside of you got your book that you did a couple years ago, but I know you guys have your coaching service. So where can they find more information about that? Uh, you just go to BraveheartChicago.com and that's okay. our website. And, and there's links to, to Leslie and Simon on there. There's links to my book on there. Um, I also have a blog spot called the Dirty Misfit, M-I-S-S-F-I-T dot blogspot.com. And then there's there's information on there too. Awesome. And then I guess the big race, uh, one of you's going to Michigan and one of you's going to, are you going to Utah before Maui? Yeah, so okay. Utah in September and Maui's October. Al will be at those races too. So awesome. So I'll be sure. yeah, <laughs> not a bad place to be. And so if anybody, um, yeah, goes to any of the races, are you guys going down to uh, was it Alabama or whatever this year? Oh yeah, we'll okay. be down there. Cool. If, and and if anybody listening, uh-huh. uh, Alabama is, in my opinion, one of the best races in the country. Really. Yeah, the, the well, the blood course is so so, but the bike course is just absolutely yeah. fantastic. Hmm. And ride blood rock. Hmm. I will, well, I've never made it. I kind of taken a year off of the tri world this year. I just have like no interest whatsoever. I'm doing a 24 hour mountain bike the first week of June. Um, that's oh, all the focus sure. is doing that this year. So uh, I think be a year off of tri this year and, and jump back in next year when I get to go up into a different age group and I'm the young guy again. I think we're in the same boat. Uh oh, wait. What age group are you? No, I'm not. Not waiting for the age group. I'm 46 to uh, perfect. 45 to 49. Perfect. You'll always be an old man for me then. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you guys so much, and I'll um, get some links posted up on here, and um, I will let you guys know when this is all going to be coming out. Uh, But it'll be probably within the week. But thank you guys so much for your time, and. I will uh, hopefully be seeing you soon. But seriously, you guys hit me up about Landrun next year. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys, so much. Thank you. Bye, Ryan. Bye.